against the law to profit from any type of racketeering, uh, you know, activities. And then in B, it says, it is unlawful for any person employed by or associated with any enterprise to conduct or participate in directly or indirectly such enterprise through a pattern of racketeering activity. So basically, once again, saying that if you're involved in a criminal organization, it's it's illegal for you to act on behalf of that organization and go out and get you some money. Then C, finally, it says, It is unlawful for any person to conspire or endeavor to violate any of the provisions of subsection A or B of this code section. So... That's just saying that it's illegal for you to do any provisions that's within A or B. Now, we say all that to say, what in the world was Hood Rich Pablo Juan doing? If it's a RICO charge, that means there's more people involved, and this case is going to be crazy, man. Now, Hood Rich Pablo Juan is extra flossy, man. If you look at his Instagram you would think that he was on top as a rapper. You would think he was with the big boys. I'm talking about with the chains, the money, always shopping. And like I said before, man, we going to see this a lot, man. There's going to be a lot of rappers that are going to be out here getting hemmed, hemmed up, man. Because, check it, you just had people, mad people getting, getting caught for PPP frauds trying to do unemployment frauds. I mean, check out the videos. I did a video about uh, Baby Blue from Pretty Ricky. He had a PPP scam. Who could forget Nuke Bizzle, the Memphis rapper who was living it up in L.A.? Man, dude was doing an unemployment scam. Now, a lot of these rappers are getting hemmed up because of the pandemic, man. It's a hard time for everybody, man. We all putting our pennies together, saving money, and trying to Make sure we can make it to the next day, man. That's just what goes down in a situation like this. I mean, the whole world stops, the whole world stops. But, man, these cats still want to be flossing. They still want to be getting the money. They still want to be posing for the videos. They still want to shoot videos. And one part of me understands because they're entertainers. Then the other part of me is like, man, it ain't worth it. Because if there's one thing that folks are looking for right now is folks trying to commit crime. They got all day to look for you, man. They were looking anyway. But now, I mean, there's so many, so less people on the street. So many people hunkered down. You're just sitting out there as a sitting duck, man. If you're doing anything illegal, stop, because they're going to be like, man, oh, this fool doesn't think we see this. Like, uh, you're scamming, uh, you get money right now, yeah, it's going to last about a week, man. Just like with Baby Blue, man, from Pretty Ricky. They said that he had a, he had just bought the Ferrari like two or three days before that and posted it on Instagram. Man, these folks are watching, man. They are watching your Instagram and all that, and people see when things don't add up. And hopefully, I'm going to give Rich Pablo Juan the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, he didn't do anything crazy. I'm going to assume the, all these charges against him are just alleged. And, man, dude was really a mistaken identity or something of that nature, man. I'm throwing him some bail, man. I'm, 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 I'm going to throw him some bail here. 
But other than that, man, I'm going to stay tuned to see exactly how this story plays out. And I'm pretty sure I'll be doing another video on this. Now with that, this being your boy Big Man. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. And make sure you hit that notification bell because I keep dropping some of the hottest content on YouTube. And we out of here. Peace. Now there are also regulations against other type of animal fights. For example, cockfighting. And a first time conviction for running a cockfight is a gross misdemeanor that carries up to 364 days in jail. A second time offense is a category E felony with up to four years in state prison. And a third time offense is a category D felony with up to four years in the state prison. Most juvenile conviction records will seal automatically as a matter of law in the state of Nevada when the individual reaches the age of 21. But on some more serious charges, especially those involving sex crimes, those records may not get sealed until an individual reaches the age of 30, at which time it's incumbent upon the individual to petition the courts for the sealing of the records. So if you have a juvenile conviction here in the state of Nevada and you're not sure if your record has been sealed, call our offices. We'll give you a free consultation. We'll go over the facts of your case. We will be able to determine whether your record has been sealed. And if it hasn't been sealed, we can definitely file a petition for you to ask the court to seal your juvenile record. Hey everybody, welcome back to No Jumper News. It's Adam22 here with your man AD. Let's get right into these stories. Just a day after celebrating his 25th birthday, police arrested A Boogie with a hoodie after cops raided his New Jersey home. According to XXL, a rep for the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office confirmed that A Boogie was hit with charges of unlawful possession of a handgun and possession of marijuana. The search turned up multiple handguns, hollow point bullets, various high capacity magazines, as well as some weed and other drug paraphernalia commonly associated with the distribution of dangerous control substances. His security guard, Quashon Hagler, and his manager, Samblo Kamara, were also arrested. A Boogie, his manager, and his security guard have all been released from police custody as they await trial. The arrest came a day after reports broke that a shooting occurred near a rain event space in New Jersey where A Boogie was celebrating his birthday. However, police have stated that his arrest was not related to the shooting incident. Next door, less than a month after his passing, the suspect has been arrested and taken into the federal custody for the murder of Dallas rapper Mo3. The Dallas Police Department announced that Kiwan Dontrell White, also known as the rapper King Banzo, was booked on a charge of possession of firearm by a convicted felon. He also is being charged with murder. After footage of the scene taken moments before the shooting was released to the public, a witness contacted police and provided information that helped lead to White's arrest. According to the affidavit obtained by Dallas News, Mo3 was killed in broad daylight in November during the incident on the interstate 
State 35 near Dallas Zoo. He was shot multiple times while running away from his shooter. There was still no word on the motive for the murder or how the two rappers knew each other. Last story, we're going to talk about some toxic women now. Atlanta police arrested R&B singer Anne Marie in connection to a shooting that sent a man to a hospital after she allegedly shot him in the head. The shooting reportedly occurred on December 1st at the Intercontinental Buckhead Hotel. According to the police report obtained by TMZ, Anne Marie told officers at the scene that the gun had fallen off a table and went off, hitting 24-year-old Jonathan Wright in the head. She also stated that she and the victim had grown up together and were visiting from Chicago. Cops say that she was very distraught and kept asking if her friend was going to be okay, screaming hysterically to the point of having to be removed from the scene. Anne Marie was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony, and simple battery. Anne Marie is best known for her song Secret, featuring YK Osiris and her 2019 album Pretty Psycho. Her music video for the song Come Over, featuring Young Blue, was freshly released just two weeks ago. Okay. Were you familiar with Anne Marie before she shot this fine gentleman in the head, allegedly? No. No. Me neither. But you, you act like you're Mr. R&B guy, so I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't somebody that you've been tracking throughout the R&B circuit for all these years. That doesn't mean that I listen to all R&B. I figured that it probably meant you listen to a large percentage of it. But either way, <laughs> this is interesting. Let me just ask you, off-rip, do you think that her story about dropping the gun and it hitting this guy in the head is likely because my my first instinct this has got to be a pretty amazingly accurate person like you know it, it could be hard i would assume shooting somebody in the head is hard in the first place to drop the gun and have the bullet still connect with his head which is you know if you shoot somebody it's probably where you want to hit him seems kind of unlikely it seems unlikely but then in they saying like she was hysterical. Mm. So, I mean, it seems like it's an accident in some way, shape, or fashion, even if she was playing around with it in some way. I don't think, like, she intentionally tried to shoot the man in the head. Okay, but if you don't want to go to prison and the cops show up and you just shot your boyfriend in the head, what are you going to do? You're going to say something about, oh, it was an accident. Somehow it was an accident. Somehow I dropped a gun and the bullet still hit him in the head. You're going to act really upset. I'm just saying, I don't know who she is, but if she's a gangster, what would you do? If you you flipped out, you shoot somebody in the head and the cops Wait, show up. Is what are you going to say? You're going to say, it was an accident. The gun went off by accident. Oh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm driving so to Mexico. I'm out of here. <laughs> They're not going to believe shit of what I say. Somehow, if the cops show up two minutes after it happens, you have no way to get anywhere. What, what are you going to do? You're going to start thinking of alibis. You're going to think, I'm going to do this. <laughs> You're going to take yourself out. <laughs> oh, no. shoot yourself and then say he did it, right? He okay. Well, that's very smart. Unfortunately, she wasn't thinking that far ahead. Imagine she shot her own arm off just to make the story You know what better. makes it even worse is that, like, they don't even work no more because they can tell the trajectory of the bullets and, you know what I'm saying, how it would be. That's what I'm saying. I want If I could go back in time, I would be, like, in the mafia in the 40s where, like, the cops oh, hadn't figured out shit yet and you were able to just get away with whatever. I always say this, like... AD just killed somebody on that street, right. and I'm in the newspaper, and I can still go to the movie theaters and shit with my friends. Because mm. when I was thinking about the Mo3 thing, it's like, 
how on earth could this guy have not gotten caught? Because he allegedly like ran into Mo3 at a gas station, tries to do something to him, Mo3 takes off, all of a sudden they're on the highway, he sprays his shit up. Thinking about how many cameras there are, I mean the cameras that are spotting your license plate if you're speeding. Here in Las Vegas, we see a lot of possession of narcotics and sales cases stemming from entrances into pool parties. A lot of people think when they're coming to a Las Vegas pool party that it's kind of a no-holes-barred situation where you're going to be out by a pool for 8-10 hours, you get a cabana, you drink, do some drugs. Sometimes there'll be a large group that comes in together and one person will be holding the drugs that are intended for a much larger group. What they don't know is that when they go in to enter the pool party, they're going to be subjected to a search. And it's not just a cursory search. It's a search by a private security officer, not a law enforcement officer, and they will look into your package of cigarettes. They will open your bottle of five-hour energy. They will look into the, the, the smallest zippered pocket in your pocketbook. They're really looking hard for narcotics because if there are narcotics found by the pool area, uh, it subjects their operation to getting shut down by gaming authorities because they're allowing narcotics to be consumed at the casino. So it's a very comprehensive search. It's really important to know that a private security officer does not have the right to search you. He can only search you with your consent. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're trying to enter a pool party and you're being subjected to a search, you have the right to say no. They can deny entry if you uh, choose not to be subjected to the search. But if you are searched and they find narcotics, unfortunately, you don't have a remedy through a motion to suppress based on the Fourth Amendment because that only applies to law enforcement officers. So it's very important to know if you are going into a pool party, you're going to be subjected to a comprehensive search. So don't take narcotics with you. Executor painted a picture of Campbell as a violent felon, not a well-intentioned media figure. He has over 20 arrests and two felony convictions, but his attorney says he put those problems in his past and is now out to help others. I think um, what's made Daryl and people know him as Taxstone so popular is that he's able to reach audiences that traditionally people can't. At Montgomery's request, the judge approved a bail package for half a million dollars that also includes house arrest. As for Troy Ave, he remains free on bail on attempted murder and weapons possession charges. In lower Manhattan, I'm Lisa Evers, Fox 5 News. I could get my brother right here who got good credit, get two on his, don't gotta mess up my DTI. I don't gotta worry about if I got too many cars in my DTI thing. debt to income. Debt to income ratio, yeah. I don't gotta worry about that because my brother, I'm going over here to the left. I'm not gonna kill his, I'm gonna keep him with two. So in case he wanna buy a house, he good. He can get rid of him or do whatever he want. Mm. We ain't got five, six, seven, eight all on the personal, right? So I'm learning the game, you feel me? So I'm like, I'm like, all right. 
It's joint venture time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Look, oh, this is how much I make, guys. Check it out. Look at my Toro platform. You see what I'm making? <laughs> Look, I can help you get a little bread. You ain't got to do no work. I'm going to run it. All you got to do is use your credit. Go ahead and get an extra sidecar. That's if they already got a car. Mm -hmm. Some people already got a car, and they ain't got to do none of that. They just give me that. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So they just go get another one. I tell them, I, I'm telling people how to go get the loan, pre-qualify everything. I'm shooting them to the gym. I was shooting the State Farm like it was nothing. State mm. Farm was giving people personal, for personal, private sellers. That's so I was, I was so mad when they stopped. Mm. I'm talking about, they would let you go to a dude who got a Lamborghini Huracan for sale for 100 racks, give it to him private sale. They don't give a damn. As long as they got a title. Oh, bro, I was going digital. So... I'm learning these techniques and I'm doing joint ventures all around the city. So real quick, so the number one question people ask is, um, where are you keeping all these cars? You got five cars at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Where are you keeping them all? So now at this time I had Airbnbs. So I had the place I stayed, the apartment I stayed in, and I had the Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So they had parking decks. I put them in there. Gotcha. And then, and then they house. wouldn't even, they wouldn't even, uh, they won't stay there long enough. They was booked too much. So we was <laughs> back and forth. Let me ask you, and, and you've seen both sides. I mean, I mean, from the beginning to like now, was the opportunity bigger before? No. On it was smaller because it was less known. So nobody knew about it. Now everybody know about it, right? It hasn't stopped anything. So I could tell 80 people how to do this and it's still going to be good because like this, I found this out. It's the same thing with the Airbnb. Like I told you, all those dudes had three apiece and it was like 20 of us. We go to the gym to hoop. It's 20. Everybody like, they all sharing, you know, it's networking. Mm. Jesus. They was put laughing at me. I was like, Bro, I gotta get me some Airbnbs. Yeah. So, you know, I got, I had, at that time I had one. I got like eight now. But at that time, I only had one and I flipped it to three quick. But long story short, it was an oversaturation thing where people worry about oversaturation, but it's the same as any business. McDonald's ain't worried about Burger King, bro. For sure. Big fan. You know what I'm saying? They're not worried about Wendy's either. Yeah. So they're gonna still eat their people living there. So that's the same thing. So people are always gonna need two things. A place to stay and something to drive. It's guaranteed. When people worry about the pandemic, y'all still getting Instacart, Amazon Prime now, mm -hmm. Uber and Lyft drivers still cranking up. You know why? Because guys like me giving them the cars. <laughs> I love it. I'm I giving them it. the economy cars, baby. And gotcha. that's, the, that's what I really try to teach. So a lot of people see me in the, the Lamborghinis and the race and stuff like that, and they get it twisted. Like, those are not the primary breadwinners. All right, so we're going to get right into that. How many exotic cars do you have? Exotic in my network or did I personally that own? You personally own? Two. Two? Two. Exotic. This is over $150,000 car. Lamborghini, Rafe. You know what the crazy thing is? So, but I see you in all these cars, bro. Right. See, that's the joint venture thing. I'm talking about that I personally own, not that I personally have that I can drive day to day. Which is even better. Exactly. Isn't it dope? I have the freedom on my credit report to do what I like. Go get me a house. Go get me another car if I want because I didn't overexert my credit report, right? And then I can actually drive these cars for free. And then let them, Not nobody pays for them. I don't pay for them. The owner don't pay for them. The customers do. That's the dope thing about mm. it. So we ain't tripping. And and it 
you, it makes your brand go crazy because you pulling up in these vehicles right. and they're like, yo, who is this guy? Right. Right, and that was really um, the reason that um, that I initially jumped in. It wasn't an income play, but I was talking to my wife like, I feel like I need to go to that next level. For sure. I need, I need to pull up in something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I don't need a, it's I the, hate, it's the, but It's the number one business card. Number one business number card. Number one business card. I swear it's better than any business card you ever had. They be talking to me. They come up to me, ask me what I do all day and night. Everywhere I go. You see what's outside. Mm. Big body Rafe. Yeah. When I drive that John, when I tell you, uh, what do you do, sir? And then <laughs> anything I do is taken 100% seriously. Exactly. I change it up all the time. I'm like, I'm a teacher. What do you teach? <laughs> I teach people how to get money. You know I what I mean? It. I might say I'm a, I own a rental car agency. I might say I, I run a chain of Airbnbs. I can say whatever I want. It's taken 100% seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's what I teach, too, how to use your car as a business card. It's definitely these. Is that in the course? It's in the course. Oh, it's a, I, I, tell, course. I, tell, I teach these under business strategy. So if you want to, you literally can get a car only for that purpose. You know what I'm saying? To Just to use it as a business car. Because I yeah. teach how to get the cars. So if you want to learn how to drive a Lamborghini or a Rafe, I can tell you how to get financed for it. Montreal Danelle Williams Jr., better known by a stage named Pooh Shiesty, is a rapper from Memphis, Tennessee. Even though he's only been making music since 2017, he's one of the hottest up-and-coming artists in hip-hop has racked up millions of streams on tracks like 762 God and Back in Blood featuring Lil Durk. He signed the Gucci Mane's 1017 label in April 2020 and is in a good position to be one of the next big stars out of the South. However, like many promising young rappers, just as Pooh career was getting off the ground, he was arrested in connection with the shooting that could potentially put his career and freedom in jeopardy. The shooting took place in Bay Harbor, Florida on October 13, 2020. No one was killed, but two victims sustained gunshot wounds. Pushaisi and his associates were arrested and charged with armed robbery, aggravated assault, battery, and criminal theft. The case is still ongoing, and the full story is yet to be revealed but there is surveillance footage of the shooting that has been released to the public. Let's take a look back at Pooh Shiesty's criminal history and his career up to this point. Pooh Shiesty was born in Memphis, Tennessee on November 8th, 1999. Compared to many rappers, he had a fairly stable childhood with both his parents in the picture. However, his father, Lontrell Williams Sr., was a rapper who went by the name Mob Boss and was the founder of a Memphis-based record label called Mob Ties Records. Both Pooh Shiesty and his father grew up in South Memphis and were involved in the streets from an early age. In 2004, Montrell Sr. was charged as an accomplice in the murder of a radio DJ who was found dead in her apartment. He wasn't the one who committed the murder, but he was somehow involved. In an interview with Fuchsia's TV, the rapper claimed his father was always in his life, except when he was locked up. What about your, your pops and shit? Was your pops around? Yeah, most definitely. Pops been around from the start, unless he was locked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the only time he went around. On the track Monday to Sunday featuring Lil Baby and Big 30, who shiesty raps, Miss Gladys raised a savage that say I shoot like my daddy, referencing his father's criminal past. The cover art for his track Day One 
also features a picture of the young rapper with his father dressed as old school Chicago gangsters, machine guns and all that. Although the guns are probably just props and the outfits just costumes, it shows the kind of father-son relationship they had. Fans and journalists have covered an old photo of Pooh Shiesty wearing an ankle monitor at only 11 years old. The rapper has been quiet about exactly what he was charged with at such a young age, or whatever it was, it was enough to get him expelled from school and sent to an alternative school. At age 16, the rapper left Memphis and relocated with his mother to Pflugerville, Texas, but he returned to Memphis two years later, which is when he started rapping. He and his childhood friend Big 30 started releasing music in 2017, but it wasn't until he dropped his breakout hit, Shiesty Summer, that things started to heat up for Pooh Shiesty. His song At It Again was remixed by Moneybag Yo in March 2020, and he caught the eye of Gucci Mane not long after. He signed to 1017 Records in April 2020, and the two collaborated on the track Still Remember in June 2020. The duo reunited on Who Is Him for the 1017 compilation album So Icy Summer, which was released on July 3rd, 2020. He continued this impressive streak of hits by releasing the track Back in Blood with Lil Durk in November 2020, which became his most streamed song to date with just under 30 million plays on Spotify. But just a few weeks before this track dropped, Pooh Shiesty found himself in some serious legal trouble. Video surveillance footage released by a Miami news station allegedly shows Pooh Shiesty involved in a shootout that occurred in broad daylight in a parking lot in Bay Harbor Islands, Florida. The footage shows a green McLaren, a Mercedes Maybach, and another Mercedes enter the parking lot and pull over. A group of men gets out of each of the cars, and at first, things appear to be calm, but all of a sudden, guns are drawn and shots start going off. It's not entirely clear what set off the mayhem, but one man with a pistol and another with a Draco start firing shots. The camera clearly shows a man in a white t-shirt get shot in the ass and start limping away. He hides behind the vehicle and can be seen inspecting the wound while the others hop back in the car and flee the scene. The footage is pretty clear because the camera is pointing right back at the crew and the shooting happened in the middle of the day in a well-lit area. But it's tough to make out the identities of the men involved. Allegedly, Pooh Shiesty's in the green McLaren, but it's not clear if he was one of the shooters or if it were other members of his crew. The incident has fans puzzled because at first, everything seems cool, but within seconds, it turns to gunfire. The footage shows a McLaren sports car, Mercedes Maybach, and another Mercedes pull into this East Bay Harbor Drive condo parking lot. Men from the vehicles eventually get out and meet, and then this. The man in the white shirt has a pistol, the man in the black sweatshirt has a longer gun, and at about the same time, they begin firing before retreating back to the Maybach. The fancy getaway cars speed off, and one of two victims then hobbles to the car. Rumors are circulating that it's a drug deal or sneaker deal gone wrong. The victims drove themselves to urgent care in Miami after the shooting. One had to undergo surgery. However, they have both made a full recovery. One of the victims told police that they were there to sell Shiesty a pair of Air Jordan 4s. Got violated and the defendant got sentenced to an imprisonment term. How's that calculated? Basically, the rule is in general, 
you sort of lump those two together. Pardons and set-asides will be counted under the guidelines, but not expunged convictions. And uh, also various other rules throughout Chapter 4 that uh, you're going to want to be mindful of. The, the two key ones we talked about, the status under 41.1D, two points are added if the defendant committed the instant offense while under any criminal justice sentence counted under A, B, or C. That, that's the, the key one. And then this recency factor is also one you're going to be mindful of. And that is two points added if the defendant committed the instant offense less than two years after release, but you'd only give one point for 41.1E if you've also had uh, status. What we're talking about for overrides is you go through the and do your criminal history calculation, and no matter what the criminal history points are, it can potentially be overridden by a few of these special rules that uh, nowhere in the book do we call them overrides, I don't think, but us in the training department thought, you know what, you need a marker, so we're calling them overrides. And that is uh, 3A1.4 for uh, terrorism, career offender, and this is one that comes into play probably more than any of these overrides. The criminal livelihood in 4B1.3 that you're not going to see too much of. Um, and then in 4B1.4, this armed career criminal. For the career offender, we're talking about someone who's at least 18 at the time of the instant offense. The instant offense is a, is a felony crime of violence or controlled substance, and the defendant has at least two prior felony convictions of either a crime of violence or a controlled substance offense. And what Congress has basically said under the statute, for those, those kinds of people, these repeat violent drug-type offenders, make sure you sentence those kind of folks toward the statutory maximum, and hence, that's why we have this career offender. And also, offense level determined by a table based on the statutory maximum, unless the offense level from chapters two and three is greater. And so you have this special table involving the statutory maximum and the offense levels. Like in our robbery scenario, if we had I think the statutory maximum would be 25 years for a robbery. It's uh, automatically going to be, if you have a career offender, uh, an offense level of 34, less the acceptance responsibility. Uh, also, you get that reduction before sentencing if, if acceptance applies. You notice that on that table, if you're a career offender, we give you a set number, and that number can be reduced if you gave acceptance or responsibility. Some people believe, they say, oh, well, then we also had, say, maybe a minor role or minimal role. Can we subtract that from this as well? Well, guideline application is sequential, and, and 
we try and have the worksheets to emphasize that, that you start, you know, chapter two, you work through three, you're working your way through the book. By the time you get to chapter four, you've already passed all those adjustments in chapter three to include acceptance and responsibility, but you've passed role and acceptance and all those other things. When you get over to chapter four, it is only because under the career offender guideline that we say, this number can be reduced if you did give acceptance or responsibility back in Chapter 3. It's only because the Commission says that that authorizes those three levels to be taken off. So even though you may have, in your sequence of application, you may have given, say, a minimal role reduction, when you get over to, to career offender, the individual cannot get those offense levels off at that point because you have worked past that. Only if the commission were to come in and change the career offender guidelines saying, oh, you can also reduce it if you gave career offender back in chapter, if you gave mitigating role back in chapter three also. So keep that in mind. Once you've calculated down uh, the table, chapters two and three, across the table, chapter four, uh, the overrides in chapter four, part B for, for the points Frank was talking about, whether you go further down or further across, then you have to put the table into effect. And that is back in Chapter 5. And we're going to look at the table, the zones, and some other aspects of that. The sentencing table. We have the zones A, B, C, and D. And those zones provide for certain things for the court to do still within the guidelines, and it's not a departure to do these things that are offered within a particular zone. So let's talk about what these zones offer. Under zone A, the minimum of any of those ranges, the minimum of all those ranges, is zero. And so what could be done to a defendant who comes in with a zero to six range? Well, within guideline sentence. It would not be a departure just to give that defendant a fine. That would be acceptable. Or get a loan, a car loan, trade my car in and get a car loan. She said no. So a few months later, she said no again. So she said no several times. Finally, my car basically broke down and I explained to her that there was just no way I couldn't have a vehicle. And so she said, okay, you can get a vehicle, but you can't spend more than, I think it was $350 uh, a month. I ended up having to spend a little bit more than that, and she was okay with that. Um, and I ended up getting a, a, a new Jeep. So, you know, I, I, got, I got lucky because she really is in complete control of me. For instance, I'm not allowed to leave the middle district of Florida without permission. And so if somebody dies in Georgia and I need to go to Georgia to go to a funeral, I have to ask. And she can say no. Now I've been lucky because I've been traveling around the country. I've been to California a couple times. I've been to Puerto Rico. I've been to Pennsylvania, I've been to Texas, I've been I've been all over the place. Utah. So I've been all over the place doing podcasts and I've been lucky she's allowed me to travel. She's only told me one time that I couldn't travel. Um so um so that was the first year, it was pretty tough, but now she's loosened up a little bit. 
I'm not having to do the random urine tests every month. And I was getting random urine tests once or twice a month at least. Um, I don't have to see a shrink anymore. Um, that got loosened, loosened up. Um, what else is going on? Like, let me give you an example. I got lucky and I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting federal unemployment. I got a, a chunk of money. Like I got a nice chunk of money. I forget what it was. It was like six grand or seven grand. I forget. But I got a, I got a nice chunk of money and, um, you know, they wanted 25% of it. They wanted 25% of my unemployment. So she and I went back and forth and I explained, look, I'm going to have to live on this money. There's no chance that I'm probably going to get this money again. There may not be another stimulus package. What are you doing? What am I, what happens if I go under? So I, we went back and forth, back and forth. She came back and she was like, look, you got to pay 800 bucks at least. So I gave her $800. So, you know, the, the point is, is that this goes on like this until until um, I'm off of probation. Now, once I'm off probation, I have five years paper. I'm a, at a year and a little, a little bit over a year right now. So once I'm off of paper, um, you still have to pay your judgment and restitution, but it becomes a civil judgment. And basically it's between you and a collection agency that collects for the federal government. So then you you start all over again. Now, if you don't pay, there's not much they can do because they're going to put a judgment against you. So I'll have a judgment on my credit. There's not much I can do. Even if I make the payments, they're going to put a judgment on my credit. So then you just have to determine, do you want to pay or do you not want to pay? I'm not sure how I'm going to pay off $6 million dollars. And the judgment's going to attach to me no matter what I do. So I'm not sure what's going to happen at that time. Um, I'll have to figure it out with the uh, collection agency. So let me give you another example. A lot of guys that are on paper, um, you know, it's like you can get off paper typically at about the halfway point. So if you behave yourself, you haven't been in problems, and the probation officer's like, look, this guy's really not a problem. He's not going to, we don't think he's going to get in trouble. He's doing pretty well. We, the, his recidivism rate um, is low. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll quash your paper. They'll take you off your paper. So you could have a three-year rest three years probation and get off in a year and a half if you're good. The problem is because I owe $6 million, I'm not going to be able to get, get off paper. If you owe money, then the government doesn't want to let you off paper because they feel like as soon as we let you off paper, you're going to stop paying. And, you know, so they would rather just keep you on paper for the whole five years. Now, what happens a lot of times is guys will violate for some reason. They'll get in trouble with the law. They'll get pulled over. They'll fail some urine tests. Um, maybe they're smoking pot or doing drugs, and they'll fail a couple of urine tests. 
and the probation officer will say, hey, listen, you know what? Your Honor, we're, we're done with this guy. He, he's, he's just not manageable. He's not, you know, he's not supervisable. And they'll throw him back in jail. Maybe he does six months, maybe he does three months, maybe he does two years. And when he gets out, they'll just take him off paper. Now, sometimes they reinstate the paper. I know guys that have gotten out, of, gotten out, had, let's say, four years paper. They got out, six months later, they violate two or three times. And they come back, and when they go in front of the judge, they go, Your Honor, can't you just send me back to prison for like six months and then just quash my paper because I'm not going to stop smoking pot. I'm not going to stop. That's because the Tesla doesn't take any gas. Um, and what else? What else? The percentage fee in my insurance. Mm -hmm. And... Other, other miscellaneous stuff. That but I, you that still netted 26? Yes, one in a month. So oh. with me, I keep receipts of everything. So I have Excel sheets for every single month, every single day my car brings in income. I have the receipts. So after looking at my Excel sheet, I'm like, dang, I made twenty six seventy five profit off of one car? Mm. In my mind, what do you think my next, my next idea is? I need to get another car. I need to get another car. <laughs> That's what I did. I went to Gravity Auto. Shout out to Shane. Shout out to owner Nick. Gravity Shout out Auto. to Shane. Jim, That's right. Gave my car too, yeah. Shane got his car. Yeah. So I went over there. I, I start looking. I, I need an affiliate link for yeah. Shane. <laughs> Shane, listen. I need referrals, bro. Yo, Shane, Shane about to have everybody at that dealership mm -hmm. after this, for sure. So I went there, and um, I checked out cars. I didn't really know what car I wanted, but I did do a little research on Turo. I, I went on Turo to see what cars were performing the best. For sure, a Maserati, for sure, Corvette, and for sure, with the other luxury, well, not even luxury, Hertz, Sixth, Enterprise, the cars that they had on the luxury end was the best car they had was a Mercedes C300. Mm -hmm. So I knew that was going to hit because that's the cars that they're using. Yeah. So that's what I got. I got a Maserati and a, a Mercedes C300, both of them like metallic silver. Mm -hmm. I got them both at Gravity Auto. It was about three years old. I don't like buying new cars because of the, the depreciation. I always explain that in the course. But I got a 2015 C300 and 2016 Maserati. Mm. My credit was so astonishing by God's grace, I didn't even realize the power of credit. I just knew that in order for me to get this car, it's either I pay cash or I follow a, a credit application. I didn't even know what my credit score was. I didn't understand debt to income. I didn't understand stable uh, 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 stable residency. All the things that they look for right. to, to lend. I was just going there and there. I just need a car. So they looked at my credit report and said, oh, you got enough credit to be able to get this car with no money down. So I get to leave with this car with no money down, and then as soon as I leave, I'm putting this thing on two row, mm. right? So the first, and the first 30 days, you don't gotta make a payment. Right. So for the first 30 days on two vehicles, I was making straight profit, mm. right? So the first, amazing. so you, you you put your own car on there. Yeah, I started with my Tesla. And then what was the next cars you got? I got two cars at the same time, the Mercedes. Same, same dealership? Same dealership. Mm. Same dealership. And I learned the process on how that works as well. So most people, they're like, why are you buying two cars? I'm, I'm just being transparent with Shane. I run them out. I need two cars. Mm. So they, of course, they sent my credit report to different banks and 
because my credit report was pretty good. They just gave me the um, they they locked down the deal with two credit credit. Um, one was Capital One; they're really good, and the other one was Ally Financial. Mm. Locked those do, those deals down. Got the car, got the keys, took pictures of the car, uploaded that thing real quick to Turo. Really? Yeah, yeah. So now you got three cars on Turo. I got three cars. I'm parking these people right there. Where are you putting in these cars? I, I live in Atlantic Station, so I'm in a gated, I'm gated condo, and you can only put the cars inside the, the nesting area, the gate, if you have a fob. So I only have one fob, so I have to figure out where I'm going to park these cars. Mm-hmm. I parked it at the Target. Across the street from Atlantic Station, everybody Park, knows luxury vehicles. Yes, at a I have pictures of it too. If you go on my Instagram page, you'll see all the cars lined up, three of them, right next to each other. I took a picture all the time, even overnight. Overnight, even though it says not to, I did it because I had no other choice. That's risky, and 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 I was cool with. That's another thing about relationships. I was cool with the security guards in Atlantic Station. I've been there for five years. I, I rock with them. They rock with me. I'm cool with the, the security guard that works at Target. That Target, big old, swole white dude, super cool. Mm-hmm. I had a relationship with him, so he knew my cars were there to the point where anytime he saw anybody next to my car, he'll say, "Yo, Maddie, is that your was that one of your renters?" Mm-hmm. That's the relationship I had, so right. it was cool, right? So I park my cars there. I'll do my check-ins and check-outs for my guests all at Atlantic Station while I'm working on my other businesses mm-hmm. upstairs in my condo. Right. So anytime I got a booking, okay, bet. Go down there, schedule the um, the, the drop off. Make sure the car is clean. Hand them the keys. Drop the car back off when you're done. And I can lock. I can well, all the cars I have. I can remote unlock, start, and lock the car from there. Add that to. Is that something that the, that's a feature? The car has? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. That's a feature that some cars have natively. So Mercedes, they have a, a tool called Mercedes Me. It's a subscription. You probably pay $180 for the year, and you can lock, unlock, track your car with the native app, Mercedes Me. BMW has BMW Connect. Um, Corvette has OnStar. But I always have multiple. What about Range Rover? Because I'm asking you all the questions from my own car. Right, right, exactly. So they got with the Land Rover Range Rover, I don't, I don't know, because the Range Rover I got was in 2014. Usually that that system came in plays around 15, 16, gotcha, gotcha. 2016. So I don't know how, but how I can I can add it, and you can add it. You okay. can add um, drone mobile. Drone mobile is the.